Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. I want to talk about uh, what is going to be, I think, a rather contentious issue here in Ontario. Uh, and that, of course, is the cap-and-trade program. Now, it's been in place in Ontario since January, instituted by the now former Wynn government. Uh, Doug Ford, of course, is the premier-designate. He'll be sworn in in just a few days as the new premier in Ontario. And he vowed through the course of the campaign that if elected, he will scrap cap-and-trade. And he uh, reiterated that uh, earlier this week when he was making some comments. So he says it's going to be gone. Well, the uh, Quebec uh, environment minister uh, has pleaded with and will officially plead once he becomes the premier, Mr. Ford, to, to change his mind about this. Uh, I know there are some people in California who are another partner along with Quebec and Ontario in this cap-and-trade program that are suggesting that maybe this is a wrong-headed move. Uh, so we need to talk about this ahead of the fact before the government announces some new policy because it's replacing an existing policy that many people think was the right way to go. Joining us to talk about this is Steve Applin, who is the publisher of Emission Track, which monitors CO2 and carbon dioxide emissions from energy use. Uh, Steve, thanks so much for the time. It's great to have you with us today. Great to be with you. This is a debate we knew was going to happen in Ontario if, if Doug Ford won. I've mean, I, I got to assume, obviously, if Kathleen Wynne had won the election, that things would have been you know, status quo, and uh, Andrew Horvath probably the same thing, although they had some concerns about this. But throwing this program out all together, uh, I want you to address the elephant in the room, because those who have problems with cap-and-trade, Steve, first thing that always they utter is, it's just a tax grab. There's nothing more. It doesn't do any good. It's just a tax grab for the government. Could you respond to that? Well, it, uh, it, I, it, in, a, in a sense it is, because it, it, the proceeds from this uh, uh, that are raised in Ontario go into a fund in Ontario that are going to pay for something that the government has set up. People, if those who disagree with, with what the government has done so far uh, with uh, respect to climate change measures are going to naturally be quite uh, uh, suspicious of what the government has in mind for, you know, for the proceeds of cap and trade. Mm-hmm. And especially when you consider that uh, we don't have much hope of meeting uh, uh, some climate change targets that we've set for ourselves uh, within a, that come due within a year and a half. Uh, it looks like almost certain that we're going to be buying credits under this cap-and-trade scheme or allowances under this cap-and-trade scheme in order to meet those. Uh, and people have some quite legitimate con- concerns about the, the veracity of, of the allowances that are or the, the, the basis for the allowances that have been granted thus far. Given that California, uh, one of the partners in this scheme, uh, their electricity system is 10 times dirtier than Ontario's, I don't really understand what we could be buying from them, how, what emission reductions they are making that would warrant us paying them for it. Yeah, I mean, that seemed like an unlikely partnership when that was announced that they were going to be part of this, because I think a lot of us know about some of the problems that California is doing. But the philosophy of it, though, Steve, seems to be, you know, right-headed. It's, it's, look at, uh, we're going to fund this program to try to reduce emissions, but, you know, instead of simply saying, okay, we're all going to pay for it, we're going to get the money from the people that are producing the emissions, and or they can buy credits for it. But one way or another, that will fund the money that needs to go into this to try to reduce the program. So uh, on, on the philosophical level, it seems right. Is it, Pragmatically, though, is it working that way? Well, that's the, that's the problem. Uh, there are, there's no evidence that a cap-and-trade system, there's, there's plenty of, uh, of, of experience with cap-and-trade. Europe has had one since 2005. Uh, there's the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative in the U.S. Northeast, uh, basically New England, so our neighbors to the south. Uh, there's been one operating there for, uh, uh, I think, at least a decade. And there's no evidence that these schemes have reduced uh, CO2. If you, if you go over to Europe, 
and look at the leading European state, which is Germany, their emissions over the past 20 years have gone up. They've had, an, they've had an emission trading scheme since 2005. They've had huge investment in renewable energy since uh, the year 2000. And uh, their emissions have gone up. So it's, there's not much evidence. There's, there's no evidence that, this, that cap and trade reduces CO2. And there's plenty of evidence that it is almost counterproductive. What about the other? It's, it's cousin, uh, carbon pricing and carbon taxing, uh, which some provinces and some other jurisdictions have used in, in lieu of cap and trade. Is that any more effective? I think that, that it is something that is certainly more worth trying than cap-and-trade. Uh, there's, uh, there's been a scheme proposed called fee-and-dividend, where, where you, uh, the, the sellers of, of carbon-based fuels pay for the carbon content or are taxed on the carbon content. The proceeds from that tax are simply given to the citizens in the taxing jurisdiction as a dividend. So if you, if you want to save money, then you don't buy gasoline, so you don't pay the tax on that gasoline, and you get a dividend at the end of the year, uh, so you come out ahead. There, those have been proposed, and those, to me, sound a lot more straightforward than this really complicated. I don't know if you've looked at this cap-and-trade, what's covered and what's not, and the, the auctions and allowances. There's a lot of dodgy dealing in the European system that's quite well-documented, that just that just says that this creates an artificial market for for where insiders can game a system, and it doesn't achieve its uh, its stated goal. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and listen to the Bill Kelly Show weekdays from nine to noon on AM nine hundred CHML.